Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Dermot and Dave's Mind Yourself Now. Mind Yourself Now. Mind Yourself Now. Mind Yourself Now. Now, all this month for Mind Yourself Now, we've been looking after our bodies. We've had cardiologist David Burke on heart health. Niall Moyna told us all the least amount of exercise we need to survive. And last week, Stephen Farrell answered your questions about looking after our eyes. This week, we're looking at the biggest organ in our body, our skin. Dr. Blaheen Moriarty is a consultant dermatologist at St. Vincent's Hospital in Dublin. And she's here to chat about, in particular, moles. Good morning, Blaheen. Good morning and thank you for inviting me on. Uh, pleasure to have you. Um, it's one of the things that most or a lot of people will actually just never check because I guess we, despite all the warnings and things like that, uh, a lot of us tend to just forget about the, the moles until maybe something goes wrong. Well, that's exactly it. And of course, none of us think of these things until there's a prompt. And often this time of year is a really good time to think about your skin because we've all been covered up to our chins and to our to our wrists with our warm winter clothes until the past couple of weeks. And what we tend to find in dermatology is that people take off their clothes or they get ready to go on holiday and they think, oh, that wasn't there last year. Mm. Or did that look like that last year? Or they go on holiday and somebody somebody looks somebody notices something and says and that prompts them to seek care. So it's a really good time of year to think about looking at your skin and think about you know wh- wh- what measures you can take to protect it. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about those things you mentioned there. The change in a mole because isn't that one of the key indicators that something might need to be checked? So there's a really good screening algorithm called A B C D E, and you're quite right. So. Most people will be aware of it. So um, it's normal as you go through life up until about the age of 30, 35 to develop new moles. And if they are small, so um, if they're symmetrical, if the borders are regular, if they're small, if they're the same color as the others that, that you have and they're not changing, that's a normal process. Where we begin to worry or where where attention should be sought is if they start meeting these A, B, C, D, E criteria. So is the mole becoming asymmetrical? Are the borders uneven? Is the color uneven? So if you have multiple different colors or is it darker than your other moles? Is it large? So are are all your other moles two or three millimeters? And this one is eight, uh, you know, crudely looking at it. But the really the key thing is evolution. So we know that one in three melanomas approximately would arise from an existing mole that changes and about two in three melanomas will be a new mole. So you want to look for moles that are changing and moles that are new, particularly if you're over the age of 30 or 35. And what's mole mapping? So mole mapping, um, I suppose, there's a number of different ways of thinking about it. So effect, to our mind, what it means is we get out something called a dermatoscope. So if you arrive at our clinic this morning, and in fact, we have a rapid access skin cancer clinic running here this morning, um, you arrive in, you're brought into a room by one of our nurses, and actually we ask you to undress down to your underwear. We use a little device called a, derma, called a dermatoscope, and it's the equivalent to a handheld microscope to some, in all, to all intents and purposes. And we'll go around and we'll look very carefully at, at all of your skin and at all of your moles. There are commercially available devices that will do a similar thing, um, but today they're not in, um, in broad use in, in, you know, within academic institutions. Mm. So you take a little map and then I suppose you have a reference point then, you know, a year or two later, you can you can keep check and see if anything has changed. 
Yes. So what we'd say to patients is um, if anything changes, seek attention from your GP and get a referral into us. So there's a big network of rapid access skin cancer clinics across the country. Um, and for, for most centres, that access is, is rapid for a changing mole. Um, so, for example, here we would, we would usually run between two and four weeks. Um, but but if everything's okay, that you know we get a snapshot in time when we see patients, and so what we need to think about is are your well, are your moles still going to be okay in three months, six months, three years, ten years time? Because of course the incidence of skin cancer in Ireland is very very high compared to international norms. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Like it is, so, isn't it the most common form of cancer that we have in Ireland? It is. So we have just over 13,000 invasive skin cancers a year in Ireland, which is more than the next the next most frequent cancers added up, considerably more. Um, now, the good news is that, A, it's preventable. So 90% of skin cancers are UV-induced. And so protecting your skin from light will, 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 will you know, we know from work done in Australia, will, will, will eliminate 90% of these. And the other thing is that quarterly, patients do very well. So they're the twin messages that we want to get out. So A, protect your skin and try not to get it in the first place. And B, if you see anything changing, present early. Yeah, I, I'm um, But to a go man. back to the monitoring your skin. Sorry, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I just say to go back to monitoring your skin, for most people who, who don't have more than 100 moles, who haven't had a melanoma themselves, who don't have a family history of melanoma, having a snap of your, of your, of your skin on your phone and comparing it to, you know, yourself having a look is adequate. So not, not everybody in the country needs to necessarily run in and, and have a full skin exam. Um, but, um, but you know, have, having a snap of your back so you know, oh, that definitely wasn't there last year. So that definitely wasn't there six months ago. And um, that makes a big difference because it's very difficult in all the things we have to remember in life. Mm. Trying to remember what our moles look like into the bargain is an additional, is an additional uh, you know, brain space that none of us have. Yeah, I was just going to say that I, I'm a man who has had many moles removed uh, to be checked. I have a family history, this kind of thing. So just always staying on top of it. And uh, I've, thankfully, everything's been benign. So far and everything seems fine but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always the guy as well who has you know twice daily applies his SPF but over the weekend I just managed somehow by staying out in the sun for far too long to get properly sunburnt which I haven't done in years because I'm so careful about it and I feel like such an Egypt today having you know preached it for so long and then and then my, my daughter looked at the back of my neck and said daddy it looks like ham <laughs> so, <laughs> I really had a bad weekend with that well, look, I mean, it happens to, to everyone. In, I mean, you, you've highlighted a good point. In Ireland, we're really fair. So, um, you know, quite often in our clinics, people will come in and they'll say, oh, my gosh, but I'm always careful in the sun. How could this possibly have happened? And we have to remember that this is a lot of this is a genetic component. So we will... You know, and, and, and you know, I haven't seen your skin type, but and um, the likelihood is that you will burn far faster than somebody of you know a, a different ethnic origin. Mm. And so, um, you know, we all have we have to we have to. I always say to patients, look, none of us can do anything about the the sun we've had in the past. We just forget about it, move on. We've all had too much for the most part, but moving forward, we just got to be careful going forward. And you know, there's a big divide, generational divide. So I'm delighted to hear that you're. Or, um, that you're so on top of your sun protection. Um, but, you know, we see a big generational divide where those of us who were kids in the 80s in Ireland were sent out into the garden to cook every day. And, you know, those those uh, there was a, a prevention campaign brought in in Australia at the same time. And those adults who were children in the 80s in Victoria do not have the same skin cancer rates because they were protected. Mm. And so protecting your kids now 
and protecting ourselves now will will see a benefit into the future. So that's the most important point. Um, Anne in Galway has been on. She has having a mole removed from her back tomorrow. She wants to know, does she have to protect it from the shower and keep the area dry after the operation? Um, so it's best to speak to your surgeon. So I would normally say that for the first couple of days that keeping the, keeping the dressing dry would be important. And say you do find something that is, um, you know, cancerous. What happens then? Did, is, it, is it enough to just chop it out or do you have to get treatment? So the majority of skin cancers caught early are treated surgically, you're right. And so um, we run a, a one-stop service here. So anybody who presents to us this morning with a skin cancer will we'll take it we'll remove it this morning assuming that's convenient for them and that goes off to our very hard-working colleagues in labs and pathology for processing and for staging and um, for the early stage cancers so the stage ones and um, they may require slight you know an additional margin surgical margin so a little bit more local anesthetic surgery and that's where we want to catch people and that's where the majority of cancers are diagnosed once we start getting into stage you know certain the late two stage twos, the threes and fours, then you are looking at additional surgical, sometimes immune, immunotherapy and sometimes, you know, other, for example, radiotherapy uh, treatments. So um, although treatments have evolved really in a, in a, in a, at a phenomenal pace in the past number of years for melanoma cancer and for squamous cell skin cancer, um, we don't want to go there. <laughs> and so anybody we can catch at a stage one, broadly speaking, they're, they're, they're uh, or primary tumor is treated by surgical uh, excision alone, and then we monitor them. And a very low percentage of patients caught at stage one will go on to have further disease. Mm. With the majority of patients who are diagnosed at stage one will remain well. So, if somebody's listening today thinking, do you know what, that's something I've ignored uh, for pretty much all my life, and I think I should probably do it now, is your GP the first port of call, and then refer yeah. referral yeah. then to a dermatologist? Is that how it works? Yes. So, so there's a really good network of, of, of skin cancer clinics through the country. I think there's 17 active at the moment through the, uh, you know, supported by the NCCP and run by the, the HSE. And so your GP will be able to refer you to your appropriate local service. Um, but yeah, GP is the first point to call and GPs are a phenomenal resource for this. Mm. And as Basil Lerman said, wear sunscreen. Uh, Dr. Blohin Moriarty, <laughs> consultant dermatologist at St. Vincent University Hospital. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. See you later. Bye. 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 Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9 a.m. Today FM.